0: I am all about grabbing the low-hanging fruit that's just right in front of us, the easy stuff, easy to grab to improve our health. And today's topic is just that. I mean, for real, we can take supplements, we can get on meds, we can commit to a rigorous exercise routine or prep a a bunch of super nutrient-dense foods, and we're really only going to see moderate gains because the reality is that most of us are moving through our days chronically dehydrated. Yep. we can do all those good things, but the benefits of them can't really be put to good use by ourselves because our cells are all shriveled up and need water. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Those things are going to help move the needle on your health. But when you combine the good things good habits, the workouts, the supplements, the meds, when you combine that with proper hydration, it just exponentially improves your effort. Hydration is like compounding interest. It's like a multiplier to your healthy habits. And the research shows that it is critical to many aspects of health, but especially to thyroid health, mostly because simply being dehydrated can create a hormone imbalance. In this episode, I'm digging into one of the simplest health habits, one of the easiest, but sometimes the most difficult ways to impact many aspects of health, particularly our thyroid health, and that is hydration. So grab a pen and a notebook. Let's jump into today's episode. Before we get started, I have some resources available for you that I mentioned throughout the episode. So the first is my quick assessment tool called the Hypothyroid Symptom Assessment. It's a quick quiz that helps you to quantify the objective symptoms that are associated with hypothyroidism. And it's handy to keep tabs on where you're at right now as you start to unravel your own thyroid issues. While blood work that you get from your doctor is important to keep tabs on, and that is easily quantified, another piece of the puzzle that's often ignored because it's hard to keep track of, is the more subjective how-you-feel indicators of thyroid issues, which, when you're feeling bad, often feel like the most important. So that's where this comes in. You can head to the link in the show notes or head to bit.ly slash thyroid checker to take the hypothyroid symptom assessment and see where you're at. This is also a great tool to come back to from time to time to see what gains you've made in resolving these symptoms over time as you start to do different things to try and peel away the layers of addressing your hypothyroidism. Additionally, I also mention a few products and tools that I use to support my thyroid health, and in this case, specifically hydration. I've got them all linked up in one easily accessible place for you, so you can check them out. So whether you're trying to figure out what water filter to get or supplement to try, you'll find all the links at bit.ly slash thyroid-tools to check them out. There's also a link in the show notes. So you can head to bit.ly slash thyroid-checker to take that short quiz or bit.ly slash thyroid tools to grab any tools that you might need to help support your body as it heals. Welcome to the Natural Thyroid Fix. I'm Sarah Geisinger, a holistic lifestyle and nutrition coach and former hypothyroid mom who has reversed her thyroid disease using a natural approach to thyroid health trust me, I know what it feels like to move through life in a brain fog, needing a nap by mid-afternoon, and constantly be cleaning the hair you've lost out of the shower drain. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you're here, I bet you do. So if you're ready to reject the notion that this tired, hypothyroid life is as good as it gets and start implementing simple, natural strategies to live a vibrant, symptom-free life, then this is the podcast for you. Let's dive into today's show. Okay. So this is something that we know, right? We know we need to drink water. We probably remind our kids all the time to drink water. We might even carry a water bottle around with us all the time. Hopefully we carry a water bottle around that we actually use and ends up empty at some point throughout the day. But I know that's not always the case. So I also, just a little side note, as I was preparing for this episode, I was just thinking back through when I was growing up. uh, And I would just like to say that I remember when I was a kid, this was like never a thing. Never we didn't have our own water bottles that my mom was constantly refilling. Like I'm constantly refilling my kids' water bottles. And I literally, honestly, don't remember drinking water like ever unless it was a soccer practice or something. And I was drinking out of like one of those ginormous like thermos things. (laughs) Yeah. That's my only memory of drinking water. Otherwise, it was like Kool-Aid or Sunny D or something, you know, like that. But I think this just goes to show that as we learn new things about our bodies and how they work uh, and the research demonstrates like the why behind this very basic idea of hydration, things start to shift. And now it is much more common. Um, You know, my kids have a water bottle. I'm constantly telling them to drink. I'm constantly filling it for them or telling them to fill it. Not only that, but their friends are the same. You know, we're not like an isolated, like, bunch of weirdos who are drinking water. This is like, I think much more normal thing than it was in the 1980s. So that's that's what, uh, you know, that just kind of came to mind is that as uh, our, our understanding of hydration has certainly changed since I was a kid growing up in the 80s, and the rest of culture has sort of shifted too. But on the by and large, the vast majority of us, even though we have more of an awareness about the importance of hydration and like the need to, you know, get water into our body, most of us are still walking around chronically dehydrated. And it, it's affecting you more than just being thirsty. And if you're someone that's dealing with thyroid issues, it's affecting you way, way more than just being thirsty. So let me explain. Hydration is super important in case you don't know that. It's really important for you and your hormones. Water's the most important nutrient in the body. And oftentimes we don't even think of it as a nutrient. It's, it, it's, it's, it, but it is. It's the most important nutrient in the body. It's incredibly important for our body just to be able to function properly. It depends on water to survive. Every cell, every tissue, every organ needs water to work correctly. Up to 60% of the adult human body is made up of water. Uh, the brain and heart are composed of 73% water. The lungs are at about 83% water. The skin contains about 64% water. Muscles and kidneys are 79% and the bones, even the bones even though they're like hard, <laughs> even they are watery. They are composed of about 31% water. Within our bodies, oh, and I should also say, it's not like we were just born with all the water we were ever going to need and it doesn't like it just stays there. Like no, that's not how hydration works. Like water comes into our body, it leaves the body. Like we have this this constant ebb and flow. And so we need to be intentional about replacing water and paying attention to hydration. So within our body, water does lots and lots of things. Two of the big ones is that it transports nutrients and hormones to our cells. And it also, uh, the other one is, well, there's a lot, but the other big one is that it flushes toxins out of our body and removes waste. So from that if you're dehydrated, you won't be able to transport nutrients from all those good foods, those good nourishing foods that uh, you eat or that I'm encouraging you to eat. You cannot transfer nutrients from your your food you're putting into your body or even the supplements that you're taking, even the medications that you are on. You cannot get them into your cells if you are dehydrated. They're just, thick. it doesn't work. There's no water. There's no transport vehicle to get it there. You can't, you also can't transfer hormones into your cells efficiently, because there's no water to move it in there if you're dehydrated. When it comes to your thyroid specifically, dehydration can be a huge issue affecting you in multiple ways. Specifically, when you're talking about thyroid health, dehydration alters blood cell and plasma concentrations, and that in and of itself directly affects the circulation of T3, the active form of thyroid hormone, and T4, which is the inactive form. So together, those are the hormones that we you know, collectively call your thyroid hormone, and they regulate all the things, all the things that thyroid is known to uh, impact, stuff like body temperature, metabolism, heart rate. And what feels like you know a million other symptoms that can occur if your body is not properly creating, converting, and utilizing the thyroid hormone. So simply uh, not having enough water to be able to get those, get the the T3 and T4 to the places it needs to be, so your cells can utilize them efficiently, is problematic, and you can feel symptoms just because of that. Dehydration can also cause an increase in cortisol, which we will get into in subsequent episodes. I haven't touched on the adrenal system in any of my episodes yet, but we will. Uh, and cortisol is one of the most important hormones that the adrenal system makes, that the adrenal glands make. And so cortisol production can be impacted by dehydration because it stresses the adrenals and then that increases cortisol production. And when cortisol production is increased, there's a tight kind of feedback loop between what's happening in the dre- the adrenal glands and the thyroid. And so that can further uh, compel an uh, in- an increase in production of the TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. and Having too much TSH can have a negative impact on thyroid hormone. You want just the right amount of the thyroid-stimulating hormone. And so dehydration can throw that out of whack. Additionally, dehydration causes histamine levels to rise. Uh, A lot of symptoms of hypothyroidism include things like high blood pressure, sleep issues, anxiousness, stress, headaches, those things. And those are connected to our histamine response. And so when the histamine levels rise, then we see an increase in those symptoms and simply being dehydrated can make those things, make that histamine response, um, the histamine levels increase. So not good. So even though we know we need water, even though we know it's good for us, the vast majority of us are just walking around living life constantly, chronically dehydrated and here's the thing it's causing issues that we often don't con- we we often don't connect them with being dehydrated a lot of times the trigger for us to be like oh i must be dehydrated or or you know i'm I, I need to get a drink is because we feel thirsty well that's usually like the last that's like the emergency someone's pulled the emergency switch like we've got to get something to drink but likely we've been feeling those symptoms for for sometime before that. So we just don't connect the the symptoms we're feeling with being dehydrated. I am, like I always say, all about grabbing the low-hanging fruit that is right in front of us to improve our health. And for real, we can take supplements, we can get on the right meds, we can bend over backwards to make sure they are the most bioavailable, perfect-for-us type of medications We can commit to the most rigorous exercise routine with all of the right things like accountability and strength training and, you know, combination of cardio and flexibility, all the things. We can prep super nutrient-dense foods. We can cook from scratch and get rid of processes and all, all that. And we really, if we are still moving through our days chronically dehydrated, we're only going to see moderate gains just because of that simple fact, all those good things all the inputs of supplements or meds or nutrition cannot get used well by our cells because they're all shriveled up and they need more water. And so don't get me wrong. The the things, those, all those things I just mentioned, they will, obviously, if you start eating better and you start exercising and you start sleeping better and you get, find the right medication, you get on the right supplements, you're going to see, you're going to see improvements in your health. But the thing is, is when you combine that with proper hydration, when you grab that low-hanging fruit of proper hydration, it just compounds the investment that you have just made into your health. And so why not do something easy? Do the easy things, right? Let's do the easy things, see what resolves from there, and then step it up in terms of interventions. I think there's a lot of interesting things about dehydration, but it's... Quite quite a few here's and I was going to say this is the most interesting thing, but there's a lot of interesting things about dehydration. But what's so interesting is that dehydration is caused by more than just not drinking enough water. As it turns out, there is more to hydration than just filling up a water bottle and getting it into your body. And I don't want to complicate a simple thing, because, again, if you just fill up the water bottle and get it into your body, you will be making gains in this area. But drinking water is, the drinking water is important, but learning about the other things that impact hydration as well, it'll just give you, it can give you more entry points to make an impact on this very simple, very basic health habit. Because if we have a couple different on-ramps to make some gains in this very simple area of hydration, then I think you can really see some shifts pretty quickly. Which is pretty cool. And from my experience, when people start to focus in on hydration, they can really start to see shifts in just a couple days of intentionally focusing on hydration. And that's that's awesome. I love little things like that where they're not massive shifts; they're tiny shifts. They're doable lifestyle shifts that create a ripple effect that add to the 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 overall puzzle that we're trying to put together of health. Uh, Let's talk briefly about some of the causes of dehydration. So some of the causes of dehydration can be, one, diets that include a lot of table salt. They're very table salt heavy. And table salt is different from things like sea salt, which you're going to hear me talk about in a little bit. Table salt is very processed. It has all of the micronutrients stripped out of it. It is, you know, a lot of times fortified with iodine, but it's not in its most natural, most bioavailable usable form anymore. And so diets that are really heavy in table salt or there's the, the, there's a lot of processed foods that are in your diet, things that would come in packages, things that you have to unwrap from the store. They often contain table salt, and they have that same type of salt that's been stripped of its minerals, its micronutrients, and all of that. So a diet that's heavy in processed foods and table salt is an indicator, uh, or it can be a cause of dehydration. Uh, The second thing is a lack of hydrating greens and fruits. So the water in plants is really some of the best ways that we can hydrate our bodies. It's more than just getting fiber and getting nutrients from the plants. There's also a hydration component when we are eating fruits and vegetables because the water in plants, it's already purified, it's the right pH, it's mineralized, it's full of nutrients, it's structured to be able to be absorbed easily into our cells and so there's some pretty cool emerging science and water research that reveals that the water in our cells is actually a different kind of water than, like, the water in, like, your drinking glass. The same, it's the same kind of water that we can find in plants. And they haven't quite settled on a name yet, but some people call it structured water or gel water. It's the kind of water that's a little more viscous. It's, like, thicker. Simply eating more greens and fruits not only increases your hydration level, but it also helps your body retain hydration because of the type of water that is in plants. So a lack of eating hydrating greens and greens and fruits and vegetables is something that can cause more dehydration. Another thing is dry heat and air conditioning. And these are two things that like our environment is just creating a... a place a way that our bodies are becoming more dehydrated. And so considering the amount of time that most people spend indoors, it's super easy to see how this can impact hydration. Another thing that helps to add to the dehydration problem is prescription medications and also uh, dependence on over-the-counter medications. Anytime you're taking either prescription meds or over-the-counter meds, they just require some more of the water in your body. And so if you're not hydrating extra because you're taking those, those medications that reduce pain and stiffness, allergies, uh, or other chronic conditions can be very dehydrating to the body. If you're, especially if you're not counteracting that by adding in extra bonus hydration. The next thing is diets that are heavy on alcohol, sugar, starches, meats and cheeses, as well as coffee and teas. And unfortunately, when you think through what you're eating on a regular basis, there's a high likelihood that your diet is heavy in these categories, especially if you live in the United States. That's just kind of classic American diet. The next thing that can contribute to the dehydration problem is type 2 diabetes. So simply having the chronic disease of type 2 diabetes, that is dehydrating in and of itself because your kidneys are trying to excrete more water due to the excess sugar in the blood to flush it out, to move it out. And so there's a high rate of type 2 diabetes and the number of people who have type 2 diabetes and are pre-diabetic and also have thyroid issues is also high. So if you're someone who struggles with thyroid issues, then this could be another factor for you. And then the last thing that causes chronic dehydration is sitting and just not having a very active lifestyle. Immobility just slows down our water delivery to our cells, and it also slows down the outflow of waste particles. And again, this is a common problem, especially in the Western world where we are sitting way more um, than our ancestors, and that's having a negative impact on a lot of aspects of our health, starting with dehydrating us. Here's a quick check to see if dehydration is an issue for you. Here's some signs that you might be suffering from dehydration. So you can maybe count them off on your fingers. Um, Number one, you can hold up a finger. If any of these things sound like you, then dehydration might be something you want to look at. If you struggle with fatigue or lack of focus, a lowered mood, poor sleep, and if you are carrying excess weight... Additionally, if you're fatigued, if you often find yourself fatigued in the afternoon, that can be connected to dehydration, as well as headaches, just overall muscle weakness, recurrent UTIs, constipation, not getting great sleep, having a decrease in the, your immune system, you feel like you get sick all the time, joint pain, uh, having poor cognition and memory, those types of things uh, are all indicators of dehydration. Specifically, if you're someone who struggles with chronic diseases like fibromyalgia, type 2 diabetes, acid reflux, heart disease, Alzheimer's, and thyroid disease, they can all be related to dehydration. And so, all of those things, if you check any of those boxes, this may be something that you want to start to really focus on making some adjustments to. So here's the big check though. The big check is, are you getting up to pee? about every two hours? That's the big, big question because that's about what it should be. We're gonna talk about, you know, how to make sure you're properly hydrating. But the big question is, are you getting up to pee about every two hours? Because if you're not, then there's a good possibility that you are chronically dehydrated. Those are some of your indicators. Uh, I, I just thought this was so interesting as I was doing research to prepare for this podcast and kind of just looking to see what new studies have come out. i love to see where things that I've kind of learned in the past and incorporated myself, like what's the new research showing? Has anything shifted and changed as I'm preparing for podcast episodes? Looking at this, uh, this, this hydration topic, there is such an overlap with the symptoms that we often associate with hypothyroidism. Like that, well, I mean, so many of them, I'll list them off here. But like the, when you hear these symptoms, just think about how many things that we often associate with hypothyroidism and there's such crossover in things that we can also associate with dehydration. And that just gets my wheels turning and thinking, you know, how many of these symptoms could we see a decrease in if we were just nailing our hydration? I think it's, you know, well, it's one of those simple things that is well worth the effort. The, the rewards are potentially great and the risk is like minimal. The worst thing that'll happen is you have to pee a little bit more. Some ways that, the, that dehydration affects the body in, in the area of cognition, just mild dehydration can lead to poor performance on tests that measure cognition and focus. There's a bunch of studies that show that and also lowers your mood. So there's a for sure a direct correlation to cognition. This is something we often see when we're um, talking about thyroid issues. Cognitive, you know, we call it brain fog a lot. Uh, pain. Dehydration makes both major and minor pains worse. Joint pain, migraines, post surgical pain, just general overall aches and pains. Research shows that dehydration makes the pain that you're experiencing feel worse. And it can also be the root cause of some pain, especially things like migraines or muscle cramps. And so, this is super interesting too, as we think about the oftentimes, I can't tell you how many women I've worked with who have like just a dull pain and some have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. They have just a kind of like a dull ache and pain and they are also hypothyroid. So sometimes even fibromyalgia is treated with IV fluids, demonstrating that hydration really can help with pain and fatigue, especially in your muscles and joints heart disease, hypertension, stroke. These are all things that mild dehydration can affect your blood vessels in the same way that smoking a cigarette does. It impacts your blood vessels, their ability to constrict and dilate so that even just a little bit of dehydration, it ups your odds in suffering a heart attack. And so that is crazy. It can also make your blood thicker and stickier, which means that your heart has to work harder. It also means that hormones, things like that have a more difficult time moving through that thicker, stickier blood. Being dehydrated also makes it more difficult to lose weight. So drinking three, there's a couple studies that have demonstrated this same principle, but drinking three 16-ounce glasses of water a day increases your caloric burning, enough for you to drop five pounds a year without even making any other changes. And so there's a couple studies about that, about the increase in your, rate, in your metabolic rate, increasing your metabolic rate over 30% just by adding in proper hydration. These are all things that we have commonly, commonly hear when people are struggling with thyroid issues. Have I convinced you that dehydration is a problem? It's like a big problem, right? I want to give you a few things that you can do today to start moving the needle in how you feel. And these, again, aren't going to be the, uh, all the things you need to do. You know, You're not going to have massive impacts, although in the area of hydration, I do think the impacts are very noticeable very quickly. But this is the deal with approaching both thyroid health and really any other health issue from a holistic perspective. Our wins are a culmination of small steps combined together to create a massive impact. I want to give you some of those today. The first thing that I would encourage you to do is to drink clean, filtered water. And this is very, very important that you drink clean, filtered water to avoid any synthetic toxic chemicals, specifically chlorine and fluoride. These are two things that you want to make sure that you avoid because you specifically are dealing with thyroid disease. They are both what are called halogens. And so how these both uh, fluoride and chlorine are halogens, and so is iodine, also a halogen. And your body needs iodine to produce thyroid hormone. And so what ends up happening is when you're consuming a lot of uh, fluoride and chlorine, The body just has a hard time telling the difference between those different halogens, the halogen it needs, iodine, and the ones it doesn't need because they're molecularly so similar. And so it grabs the chlorine and the fluoride, stores it in the thyroid to make thyroid hormone later, except it's the wrong thing. It's the wrong halogen. You want to try and limit those. Also, just a fun fact, fluoride used to be used in treating people who had hyperthyroid they had too much thyroid. And so they it was often used to help to treat hyperthyroid patients to slow down the production of thyroid hormone. And that is not, if you are dealing with hypothyroid, it's not what you need. In fact, there's a few studies that demonstrate the increase in in uh, thyroid disease cases in areas where the public water supply is fluoridated versus areas where it is not fluoridated. And if you live in the U.S. and you have municipal water rather than like a well or something, then it is almost a guarantee that there is fluoride in your water. You want to make sure that you get a water filter that's going to pull out both fluoride and chlorine. Additionally, you can create issues where you become hypothyroid with your t 4 Uh, hormones being out of balance when you're continually drinking that chlorinated, fluoridated water. So get yourself a filter. There are all sorts of filtration systems that can handle these things, so it's important to pick one that fits your budget so that you can start improving the quality of your water. You can get one that like sits on your countertop. Some people get like a whole house system. That's you know a bigger investment, obviously. You can get under-the-sink ones. There are lots and lots of different types of filtration systems that you can get. You want to find one that fits in your budget and start improving the quality of, of the water you're drinking today. So if you need some suggestions, you can head to bit.ly slash thyroid dash tools to see some of the water filters that I love. And you can, there's a lot of other things there too, but you'll be able to see some of those tools and resources that are beneficial, specifically water filters. Okay. So the second thing you can do to start moving the needle in terms of your hydration is to drink half your body weight in water or hydrating liquids each day. And so this means doing some quick math. And so you figure you take how much you weigh And then figure out what half of that amount is. And that is what you need to drink each day. So if you are a 150-pound person, then that's 75 ounces of water that you need to be drinking each day. And if you're someone that has a hard time drinking water, then I would encourage you to start slow just start by increasing your your water intake to about six to eight ounces each day, increasing it six to eight ounces each day. And so you want to be aware of liquids that you're drinking that dehydrate you and liquids that you're drinking that hydrate you. So I'm going to give you a quick list here. If you've got a pen, you might want to write these down. So liquids that dehydrate you are coffee beyond two cups or 16 ounces, caffeinated tea, Juices and alcohol. Those are all things that can dehydrate you. And when I say juices, I mean like boxed processed juices, not like um, fresh squeezed vegetable juices that you might get from a juice bar. Um, those are all things that can dehydrate you. Things that hydrate you would be water, herbal teas, kombucha, water kefir, broths, smoothies, um, green juices, things like that. Those are all very hydrating and can kind of add up to your total tally of uh, liquids that you want to be getting in your body each day. So I would encourage you to grab yourself a bottle. I like stainless steel or glass, maybe about 20 or 30 ounces. Do the math on how many times you need to fill it and then keep track uh, I also love to add a drop of citrus essential oil, high quality, super pure um, citrus essential oil because it supports detox and it also tastes good. So I'm more likely to drink more. You want to make sure that you are confident in the quality of the essential oils that you put in before you just do that. If you need some suggestions, you can also head to bit.ly slash thyroid tools to see some of those tools I love to keep hydration easy and simple and something that I am actually willing to do throughout the day. The third thing that I would encourage you to do is to add a pinch of sea salt to your water. Again, this is, you want to get Celtic sea salt. Celtic sea salt offers so many minerals that we're deficient in, and it basically takes your plain old water and adds some minerals, turns it into mineral water. It helps to balance your electrolytes. It helps your body and your cells to be able to retain more of the water that you're consuming. And so adding that pinch of Celtic sea salt is super, super helpful. And then the last one, the fourth thing, is to get more of the fourth state of water. So like I said earlier, there's some emerging science in the water research world and the hydration research world that reveals that the water in our cells is a different kind of water, but it's the same kind of water that we find in plants. And so this fourth state of water is not liquid, it's not gas or solid, but it's like a gel-like state that's about 10% thicker more viscous than liquid state so this fourth phase of water is kind of new if there's a lot of emerging research there it hasn't actually been named yet by the scientific community but it can be it's it's a lot of times referred to as gel water or structured water. And so, if that's the water that's found in our cells and plants, it's it's really beneficial to add more of that in. And so, what you want to do is eat more vegetables. And so, that's how you get more of this fourth state. Eat more veggies. Add a side salad to your lunch and dinner. Add a green smoothie to your day that's based with maybe, you know, coconut water and chia seeds and a pinch of salt and maybe some you know, cucumber, spinach, those sorts of things. I have a couple of recipes that I'll send your way if you need some suggestions. Smoothies are almost always more preferable to just juicing because you get the full food, the whole food, all of it, and not just the, the juice part of it. They provide fiber that kind of results in a longer transit time through the gut and then allows for a more complete absorption of the nutrients and liquids. When you take the thyroid symptom checker, one of the things that I'll send you is my favorite green smoothie recipe, which is not only great for the liver and supporting detox, but also for supporting hydration. So you can head to bit.ly slash thyroid checker for that. Okay, so those are my four things. Filter your water. Make sure you get a water filter and start making some gains there so you can drink clean filtered water. Two, drink half your body weight of water in ounces every single day. And three, add a little bit of Celtic sea salt to be uh, able to increase absorption a little bit more. And four... Get more of that fourth state of water by increasing your fruits and veggies so that you can improve your hydration and have quite a few on-ramps there. And so again, I am so encouraged to learn about dehydration and just recognize the impact that it can have. I, I think that you can make some big gains by just doing these small things. So I'd encourage you to click the links in the show notes for those the hypothyroid symptom checker, the tools to have easy access to some of my favorite things that help with hydration, and... And I encourage you to just make these small shifts because when you focus on doable lifestyle shifts, living a symptom-free life with hypothyroidism is totally possible. And that is what I want for you. Real quick before you go, if this show has helped you in some way, then I know that it'll help others too. So please head over to iTunes, subscribe, and then leave a review so that more women can find health and healing too. And did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the women who deal with thyroid issues in your circle? Yep, that's right. All you have to do is take a screenshot of this podcast, tag me at natural.thyroid.fix and post it in your stories. Let's light a path for all the other hypothyroid mamas looking for hope and healing and to just feel like themselves again. I'll look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. Until next time on The Natural Thyroid Fix.